1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Wednesday, February the 22nd, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, The Daily Crow, The Spurs Up Show. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you today. We have got a jam-packed show today because it is game day for both baseball and men's basketball. We're double-dipping content, bleeding out of the eyeballs here on this hump day. And again, guys, we are live, taking your questions, your comments your calls as well, 843 790 3377. That's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven I see Greg, Steve Boyle Jr., Travi, John Edward, Todd Smith, Bruin Nation, Xavier. What's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, will be sure your questions are answered there. Also, guys, we will be streaming the baseball game today in the Big Cock Club Hangout and the Big Cock Club Discord. So be sure you check that out, especially if you're already in the Discord. Tune in. I will be streaming the game. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Either way, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you today. Like I mentioned, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100, guys, you can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, whatever you can think of, they've got it over at Picks. So, again, go download the app or go to prizepix.com. Use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And, again, join in because so many fans and listeners of the show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and really excited to continue to have Prize Picks as a business partner and as a sponsor, if you will. Uh, actually, got a call with them tomorrow, hoping to get them involved in a much bigger way. As I told you guys before, I'm really wanting to push more gambling content and make someone like a Prize Picks a much bigger part of the business so we'll see what happens but very excited for that and again appreciate you all go check them out for sure babes and waves what's up my man andrew murphy thoughts on the camo let's go ahead and jump into it i like the camo hats um i think it was a cool nod to uh our military obviously and the united states of america and everything else and so i I thought it was a cool thing I, i definitely think it was a it was a Monty Lee inspired thing because they did that in his time in the upstate when he was the head coach up there. But, uh, I mean, it's a cool thing. The hats are incredible. I know so many people were asking me, you know, where you, could you get the hats? Where can you buy them? I have no clue guys. I, I'm not 110% sure. We'll have to wait and see if those, um, if those will go on sale, right. We'll have to wait and see, but, um, uh, yeah, either way. Anyways, it was really, really cool. Great to see. And uh, yeah, loved the win last night. Yardcocks continue their torrid start, especially offensively, hitting what? Five more home runs last night. A 19-3 to victory. And I tell you, as I mentioned in the postgame last night, you know, I don't care how optimistic you were or thought you were coming into the season. Nobody, nobody saw this offensive start coming. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, you love the approaches the way the guys are handling themselves in the box a, a really calm approach patience as well and and getting their pitch and when they're getting it they're driving it they're not missing it so um, it's a hot start for sure you know we'll see how it continues today against Queens that game taking place four o'clock first pitch and then of course tonight South Carolina Alabama Gamecocks are a 17 and a half point underdog 17 and a half point underdog um, Gamecocks will try to pull the massive home upset against against the Crimson Tide. But again, guys, I want to hear from you eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That is eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Here on this Wednesday, let's see. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. <clears throat> Again, four o'clock first pitch. Four o'clock first pitch at Founders Park today. Eli Jerzenbeck, good as advertised last night. I thought Mark Kingston some very telling comments in the post game. Just talking about Jerzenbeck, and you know, you expect it as a freshman making his first start. I thought he got a little flustered there in the beginning. Was was moving a little quick, right? It's and I think the composure will obviously come for him <clears throat> as he gets more comfortable and, and gets uh, and gets settled in, if you will. Um, but all in all, I mean, a great performance again, guys. You win 19-3. I thought Eli Jones, again, a little rusty, but his first appearance of the year. And you look across college baseball, you know, it's funny. The upsets are awesome, right? The upsets are awesome when they're not happening to you. Because we're seeing them all across college baseball. Texas A&M loses to Lamar last night. Vanderbilt lost to, what, Central Arkansas whoever it was. Uh, Mississippi State, my God, they are off to a terrible start yet again. Uh, Really looks like the same Bulldogs team that we saw a season ago that just had a really horrific year. Um, So, you know, listen, it feels good to take care of business the way you should. I know some people look at the competition, and, uh, you know, I had somebody, my good buddy John Rice, shout out to John, he texted me last night, what percentage do you put on the Gamecocks going to Omaha at this point? I'm just like, hey, slow it down a little bit. It's, It's still early. We've only played four games. But um, you know, I don't blame anybody for being excited, right, by what you've seen to this point. Because I, you know, it's funny, guys. You know, I have the time hop app or whatever, which shows you what you posted a year ago to this date, two years, three years, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always fun to kind of look back and and see what we were doing on this date in the past. But last year, <clears throat> I, I looked and we played Winthrop at this same time last year. And we won the game seven to one, but my post-game thoughts were. We, we lead the country in singles, I feel like. We just can't get that big knock. We can't get that big hit. And so to Travis's point, right, we, we were not nearly as dominant in games like this a season ago or really throughout the entire Mark Kingston era. I mean, I think 2021, we were pretty good in the midweek with a team like Winthrop because of the home run ball, but it still felt like at that point, It felt like feast or famine. It really did. And so I I feel like the vibe is completely different at this point this year. Again, it's only been four games. It's only been four games. we got a long way to go. And when you get an SEC play, the men will be separated from the boys. But you do really have to tip your cap and give credit to this start. Because, again, it's not just the home runs. It's not even just the gaudy numbers in regards to runs scored. It's the approach as a whole, and you're seeing a bunch of guys right now that are comfortable in the box, that uh, you know are, are seeing the ball well. Again, they're showing patience, and when they get their pitch, they're not missing it, and they're driving the baseball. It's not just a home run or nothing swing. The Gamecocks are driving the baseball, and it's paying major dividends. Give credit to Mark Kingston. Give credit to Monty Lee, and, of course, give credit to this group of hitters as well. I mean, how can you not be thrilled with what we've seen thus far? Uh, Austin Gregory, <clears throat> what's the best record the Gamecocks baseball team has ever started It's it, it, before losing a game? Uh, Austin, I don't exactly know, like, what the – let's see. I know the 2016 team got off to a really good start. Uh, let's see. 2016, they went – let's see. What was their record? Started out – they started out 10-0 before losing a game. Actually lost two of three to Clemson Sucks that year. But that team, guys, that 2016 team started 23-2. and 23-2 and swept their first two SEC series against Arkansas and Ole Miss. Their third loss of the season actually came in the midweek to College of Charleston. How about that? Yeah, that, that team started 23-2, and two. so if you want some perspective of how good that 2016 team was, and I know our good friend Braden Webb can speak to that because he was a huge piece of that, um, yeah, I, I don't know, Austin, how long we were gone without losing a game, I'm not exactly sure, um, I'm not exactly sure, not exactly sure, but uh, we, we've had some pretty impressive starts in our time for sure. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven would love to hear your thoughts uh, on last night's game. Gamecocks getting the nineteen to three winning. Guys, like I've told you before, this is the really fun part. This is what I love—content bleeding out of the eyeballs. It's so much fun. You know, you have a game last night, you got a game tonight, you got basketball tonight. Of course, off day tomorrow, but the podcast will drop tomorrow, and then of course we're right back at it on Friday, Friday through Sunday against the Penn Quakers. So it's funny I was checking them out. Penn did has not played a game yet. Penn has not played a game yet so that that will be their season opener. that'll be opening day for them um, on Friday against the Gamecocks. So three game series 4 two and 130 just like last weekend. but yeah, Penn has not played a game yet so we will see uh, what the weekend has in store but of course got to take care of business first tonight against Queens and let's see what has Queens done to this point. Queen's University of Charlotte. Queen's University of Charlotte. Uh let's see. Who have they played? They are 0 3, getting swept on opening weekend by Appalachian State. Scores of five to two, five to two, and thirteen to five. They lose all three games in Hickory, North Carolina at LP Franz Stadium. So South Carolina will look to hand Queens their fourth consecutive loss. And, guys, just to give you some perspective, by the way, this is Queens' first season at D1. First season at D1. So, I do think this will be a very fun night for the Gamecocks. I think it'll be a big win. I've picked 14 to one, but literally, I think it's just name your score at this point, the way this team's swinging the bat. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be another night where a lot of guys will get to play. I, I would not be surprised to see them tinker with the lineup yet again today. You know, you hope it's a game like last night. where by the seventh inning. You're putting in guys like Braswell, French, um, you know, some other guys, Kevin Madden, some others who, who are on the bench right now that you like to get as many at-bats as possible. So, and of course, you want to continue to swing a hot stick. So I think the Gamecocks uh, in a great position tonight to get another big W, and I think they will. Uh, let's see. Got a couple questions here. Bruin Nation lost in Supers. Are you talking about Penn? Are you talking about Penn? I, did, they, they, did they make it to the Super Regionals? They went 33-15. and 15. They went 17-4 and four in their conference last year. So, yeah, the, the, the big win they had last year was actually they took two of three from Texas A&M to open the season. How about that? Took two of three from A&M, and then A&M goes to Omaha. So... Yeah. No, Penn did not make the postseason Bruin Nation. They actually um, lost two of three to Columbia in the Ivy League Championship Series. So they did not, and I think most likely the Ivy League is one, one of those conferences where you basically have to win the conference to get in the postseason. So, um, no, they did not go to the Supers. Uh, Austin Gregory, did you see the news surrounding Alabama basketball player who was charged with murder? Apparently star player Brandon Miller provided murder weapon would be a big blow to Alabama's team if he isn't present for the Gamecocks matchup. I wonder if that changes the spread at all. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that, Austin. Here's the other piece of news, though, on the Gamecocks side of things that apparently there is a chance. Let's see if I can if I can find it. There is a pretty good chance... Hayden Brown says the Gamecocks are going to play loose tomorrow against Alabama because the Tide have "quote everything to lose." Yeah, Chico Carter Jr. with tendonitis, unlikely to play tonight. per Lamont Paris. So we shall see. I mean, if you lose Chico, that's a that's a massive blow. That's a. I mean, this is a team that can't afford can't afford blows like that. But uh, you know, we'll see. Again, the Gamecocks do have nothing to lose. However, I am picking Alabama, and I'm picking Alabama big to win this one. I've got the Crimson Tide winning 94 to 67. I do not think it'll be a close ball game, guys. I'm at minimum going into it with very conservative expectations and and Tide a 17 the favorite and I understand they've got legal issues and stuff going down off the court. I don't think that'll much matter. I really don't think that'll much matter. Yeah, oh, ruination. Yeah, 2016 we did lose in the Supers. That was to Oklahoma State. Yep. Lost to Oklahoma State at Founders and the Supers. Um, let's see. Ranger Ryan still sounds like a decent opponent. Excited to see how we perform against better competition. I am too, Ranger Ryan. And, and I think it's uh, – I do think it's a positive we have the Penn Quakers the weekend before we take on the rival. And Clem sucks in that rivalry series. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think all things considered, I mean, guys, the way you're playing, I think you've got a great chance to come into that rivalry. Undefeated. And Clems might do the same. They they honestly might do the same. So let's see who did they do they play tonight? I'm just curious. No, excuse me. Clem sucks. Does not play tonight. They got a good win last night. Beat Charlotte by a score of nine to five. So they got a really really good win last night. Charlotte's a good ball club. I think that game was like five to five or five to four late. And Clem Sucks was able to pull away in that game. Um, yeah, Clem Sucks put up a four spot in the seventh inning to pull away in that one. So um, it'll be a fun weekend next weekend for sure. I mean, obviously there's baseball to be played before then, but going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun to. Uh, just see what takes place. I mean, obviously, that is a huge game for both sides. First-year head coach Eric Backich, of course, what it means for Mark Kingston and Monty Lee being on staff now, and guys. Of course, we'll break that all down next week. We'll break that all down next week. But of course, we got baseball to talk this week, and let's see next week. Yeah, you just have the one midweek game, so your pitching will be fresh, ready to go in that rivalry series. You got North Carolina A and T. Next Tuesday. So, should not have any problems uh, in that game. And there's, again, a good chance you come into that rivalry series undefeated. Uh, let's see. Savannah Webster, the ticket price is insane for the Clem Sucks game, as people are saying. Flying to Greenville for the SEC tournament just realized it's the same weekend. Savannah, it is the same weekend. And from what I've heard, uh, let, let's just take a look right now. Let's see. Gamecocks versus Clem Sucks. <clears throat> let's see. So, the game at Floor Field. Yeah, Savannah, the cheapest ticket that I'm seeing right now uh, is $93. $93 for the game at Floor Field. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is the series of the year that is, that is really the prices are pretty crazy. Um, let's see if SeatGeek's got anything better. You know, guys, if you use the promo code SPURS Up over at SeatGeek, you get $20 off. There's actually tickets for the Founders Park game, uh 28 bucks. You can get it for that Sunday. <clears throat> so StubHub, let's see. They've also got Ticketmaster. Yeah, the, the Floor Field game for whatever reason is just always a hard ticket. It's it's uh let's see. Okay, looks like it's StubHub they've got they've got tickets. Yeah, 92 bucks, Savannah. So it's it's uh, I mean it's it's not a cheap ticket. I mean, you're basically paying to go to the floor field game, what you would pay to go to a football game, damn near. So, um, which is just another reason. And guys, like I told you, we are going to do the live stream watch alongs next weekend, probably for all three games, probably for all three games. I will do the live stream watch alongs right here in the studio. I've actually got some new microphones coming in tomorrow, the lavalier mic to where I don't have to wear the headset. I can just have the mic on the, uh, on my shirt here. And, uh, Yeah, so I will be doing live stream watch-alongs for the game, which I think will be really interesting because if you look at the SEC tournament for the women's team, let's take a look here. And I think we might be doing something with Carolina Alehouse. I'm not exactly sure. But, of course, the first game for the women's team will take place at noon on Friday. So, I don't know exactly what we're going to do. We might do TDC that day, 10 to 12, and then watch the game because I'm obviously not going to rock TDC during that game. Um, Saturday, assuming the Gamecocks win, which they absolutely should, uh, the Saturday game will take place at 4.30. So it's actually – it's beautiful the way it works out. The baseball game starts at 1.30. Women's basketball game starts at 4.30 on that Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday, the championship game – is at three o'clock, and I'm just assuming that South Carolina will be in that because why? Why wouldn't you? I mean, why why wouldn't you assume they're going to be in it? But uh, the Sunday game being at three o'clock, and uh, the baseball team will take on Clemson sucks that Sunday, I believe, at one thirty or one o'clock. So again, those will kind of be overlapping back to back. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call
2: from dirt.
1: Throw it in the dirt. What's up, man? Great to hear from you. What's going on?
3: Man, I don't know what these guys been eating, but I need to get me some of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, what a start! What a start! Nineteen home runs, nineteen bombs in four games, man, it's pretty wild.
3: I, well, what's so what's so crazy about it is we've done that we've done that several times. We've had huge beginnings with the home run, um, where that was basically where we were leading the nation for several mm-hmm. weeks yeah but yeah. we've never or at least under Kingston we've mm-hmm. never had the other hit as well and we've got you know everything seems to be working very well right now
1: yeah for sure I mean I I do agree with you dirt and I think that's a great point you make because we saw this in 2021 right I mean we, we were hitting bombs in 2021 yeah. but I think it's the rest of it that makes you really excited. You know, when you look at mm-hmm. last night and double-digit walks you draw and the patience, and, and it just, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's <clears throat> me, me looking at it through garnet glasses or what happened, but it does feel different. It just doesn't feel so feast it or really famine. Does. Like, guys are, are driving the baseball, and, you know, I think, too, you know, we're getting big knocks in key situations. You know, you're hitting a grand slam, bases loaded, but you're also driving the baseball in the gaps, and it feels like a much more, <clears throat> a much more well-rounded approach it really does and again i don't know if that's just me you know wanting it to view to, to, to look to look that way but i mean i i think you'd probably agree again the approach does feel different and i think it's paying major dividends obviously to this point
3: oh definitely well i mean you got to think about it you've got the average uh game so far has been right about three hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we've had some really long half-innings. So, what's great is the our pitching is being quick to the point where they're not letting anyone pass. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, what, five runs? We've given up five runs. Or, sorry, no. Or seven runs in four games. Well, mm-hmm. so that's pretty good. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I don't really yeah. – I, I think – I think what you'll see a lot of, especially during this, these midweek games, is you will see a lot of, not a lot, but you'll see runs given up after like the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't perceive us giving up a lot of runs during these first during the first innings, mm-hmm. or or during the first pitcher. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we got we got a great look tonight of. Um, uh, what's his name
1: again? Uh, James Hicks will get the start. Yeah, James Hicks.
3: Yeah, Hicks. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a really good look at Hicks. I yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with what Keegan said last night. That you know putting Hicks out there for a couple innings on Friday allows him to come in today second second time he's already done this. He knows what to do. Let's go.
1: Yeah, and I thought Hicks looked really really good on, on Friday. And I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. by the way, if uh. We get our first look at Matthew Becker tonight. You know he hasn't even pitched yet, so I, I think, oh,
3: there's a, yeah, I think, I think there's right. a good
1: chance. Yeah, I think there's a good chance we finally see uh, see Matthew Becker get a, get an inning or two tonight. So, but you know, back back yeah. to the offensive side, dirt. I mean, you look at last night. Yeah, you score the 19 runs, which I mean is impressive, obviously, but 14 hits and 11 walks. You know, you combine those two things. I mean, and you kept the exactly. you kept the strikeouts to single digits. Uh, nine K's, but mm-hmm. I mean, you add up 14 hits and 11 walks, and, and you're gonna score a lot of runs doing that.
3: So, oh, definitely. Well, especially you got to think about it this way, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's UMass Lowell, and um, um, I can't even remember who it was last night, it's Winthrop. Um, Winthrop, that's right. Uh, it's UMass Lowell and Winthrop, yeah. Their pitching is not going to be you know, SEC caliber, but these guys are. Still pitching college baseball. They're still, you know, getting up into the. I mean, last night, uh, what's his name was getting up to the 95 96 area. So these aren't, you know, these aren't mm. high school players. Yeah. They're good players who are good enough to be starting college baseball. And while one, while, you know, Seven to eight miles an hour difference is going to make a lot of difference in between maybe their second or third starter or the you know, the fourth guy out of the bullpen, as opposed to you know SEC guys. The, knowing that we can knock out the guy that's throwing ninety six, mm-hmm. that's I mean that's all the that's all the faith you need.
1: Yeah. I mean, Brody Hopkins was a stud. I mean, I I think he's a great ball player. Of course, younger brother at TJ Hopkins. And uh, I thought we were going to be in for a fight last night, honestly, after the first inning, but I I think Brody and credit, you know, credit our hitters. You know, I I think that he's a guy that as good as the fastball is, he sort of leans on that slider. He leads on that breaking ball and he wasn't able to throw it for a strike. And and so our hitters were able to, to basically eliminate it and, and sit on the fastball and they knew he had to come in the zone and, uh, you know I don't care if you're throwing 95 96 I don't care if you're throwing 100 if, if a hitter I mean in this day and age of baseball man if, if a hitter knows you're throwing a fastball it's going to get hit you know what I mean especially at this
0: level so
3: yeah
1: oh uh, yeah you know again credit to the Gamecocks lineup you didn't you, you haven't like to this point you haven't seen a whole lot of ugly swings right you haven't seen a whole lot of guys chasing you exactly. haven't seen a lot of a lot of out of control swings so I, I think that's one of the things that's been most impressive and um, you know, now you just want to continue to see that happen. You want to see consistency. Um, you know, I don't worry about handling mm-hmm. business like tonight or, you know, even against Penn or whatever, but as the competition does get better, you want to continue to see those approaches. And again, you're not going to score 19 runs a game. Oh, yeah. You're not going to hit 386 all year long, but um, you know, I, I think if you continue to take the same approach and SEC play and against better pitching, I, I think, you know, you will have a chance at some massive success and, because you got the pitching staff, there's no question. You got the pitching staff, so if, if the hitting's there, man, we're in for a fun year.
3: Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I um. Oh dang, I had a point to make. I forgot where it was. Um. Yeah, it's lost. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I I definitely think you know if I don't want to look too far into the future, but. A, a 2016-like, I know you were talking about this earlier, a 2016-like beginning of the season is very possible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get, and I hate to say, get past Clemson because we are playing much better than they are right now. Um, but sweep Clemson, there, there's nothing but open field in front of you for a while. Mm-hmm. And, I yeah. mean... So Tennessee loses. Tennessee wasn't playing a uh, normal series. That's true. But Tennessee loses to um, uh, Arizona, who's supposed to be a decent club this year. But they also lose to Grand uh, Grand Canyon, who is, if I recall correctly, the team known just for hitting home runs. And their pitching is uh, Tennessee's pitching is supposed to be, you know, I'd almost say home run proof. You know, based mm-hmm. off of what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. So, that – they just don't – they're not nearly the specter they were last year.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they, they look mortal. <clears throat> but, again, I mean, it, it's a long season, yep. man. It, it's a long season. And, uh You know, it, it's – I mean, that that's the thing. you got to try to be even keel, right? You, you can't – because th- there's going to come a weekend yeah. where it's not going to be our weekend. It just happens. You know what I mean? It's, it's – exactly. we're, we're going to yeah. have a – we're going to have as a as long
3: as that's not against LSU, I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> you going to that one?
3: Uh I think I'm going to I think I will, yeah. yeah I hate yeah. that the Thursday Friday Saturday series, but yeah, I think I'm going to try to make it to the Friday Saturday game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Thursday night, man, Paul Skeens will be pumping 99 all 7 innings or however long he goes, so uh that'll be a that'll be a fun one for sure, but uh probably should be a lot I'm of lot so of cool runs scored a lot of runs scored that weekend oh, yeah. also so with those two offenses but uh nah yeah I mean it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and again it's it's you know I, I, we like what we've seen thus far. I mean I'm I'm not I'm not really overreacting yet. I'm I, you know I, I yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's it exciting. but it is exciting. Yes. We
3: yes. Saying, we are saying good stuff about Mark Mark Kingston Coach baseball team right now. Offensively and that's,
1: that's the key yeah no for sure Dude, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah,
3: offensively. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question. I missed the first couple innings yesterday. Mm-hmm. What were the errors? Were they just stupid things?
0: Um
1: let's see. I don't exact I'll be honest with you, I don't exactly remember either. Um
3: Okay, well, we've okay, got I'll we've got
1: three that. errors to this point, and I think two of them were made. Uh two of them were made over the weekend, if I recall correctly. I could okay. be wrong. We have played much better defense, which I think is kind of going under the radar. I think we've played yeah. much, much better defense. Uh, no, we did have two errors last night. Let's see. The errors were uh, Eli Jones made one, and then Caleb Denny actually made one. I can't remember if it was a throwing error or what the what the deal was there. But
3: uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, but we have played much better defense. We have played much better defense in my opinion. So
3: Braylon has looked amazing at at short. Yeah.
1: No, for sure man. It's, his his range is incredible and the arm looks really good and I definitely think he has uh, I definitely think he has shown, you know, why they were so confident in, in moving him to that position. No doubt. Uh, per Bruin Nation, throw over the first baseman's head yesterday was one of the errors. That was Eli
3: Jones' error. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Okay. That's not that big a deal. All right, cool. Well, I'll hop off and uh, keep listening.
1: Dirt, you're the man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Great stuff from our good friend, Dirt. If you ever heard Throw It in the Dirt at Founders Park, that's your guy. Throw It in the Dirt. Love that. Uh, great stuff as always from our friend Dirt. It's great to hear. That's how you know it's baseball season, right? When you have Dirt calling in. Uh, again, guys, 8437903377. That's 8437903377 here on this Wednesday, February the 22nd, 2023. Of course, guys, normally we have Mark Ryan on the show on Wednesday. He will actually slide to Friday this week. I think Mark's got some, I think they're live on location somewhere, something like that with the fan upstate. So uh, we will get Mark on the show on Friday. I, I might, I might, uh, let's see. Okay. They are live on location in Spartanburg at the Ingles in Spartanburg. A little bit of a hike up there, I feel like. Yeah. Either way, I was going to say I might, I might crash the show, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a hike to get up there. So uh, anyways, let's jump to, looks like we have a text here. Yeah, we got a text. Have we talked about the brutal month of April? Big test for the Yardcocks. LSU, Florida, Vandy, and also a midweek game against North Carolina. Welcome to the SEC. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, that's pretty typical. Um, that's pretty typical SEC right there for you, man. I mean, it's, you know, that, that that's that's why you come to South Carolina. You want to play in those series. You know what I mean? You, you want to play in those series, no doubt. So, It'll be a test, no no question, but again, you you want to play in those games, right? You have a chance and I I mean, think about this though. So you mentioned those series, LSU at home, Florida at home. Yes, you traveled to Vanderbilt and that was a series that I would love to go to Nashville, however it is the same weekend as the spring game. So I'm not exactly sure. Let's see. I mean, this is looking way far ahead. Obviously, that's April 4th. 15th yeah you play at 7 3 and 2 that weekend so i probably won't even worry about it um again the live stream watch alongs are going to become a big big part of what we do and really excited for that but uh, yeah i, I don't <clears throat> I, I don't know anyways yeah it's a big month though you've also got UNC in the midweek and and by the way you don't even mention that's coming off a three-game set at Mississippi State. Um, and then you face UNC on that Tuesday. So, I mean, listen. Again, dude, it's the SEC, right? It, it's tough. It, it's it's tough. But instead of looking at it as we have to play Florida, we got to play LSU, like, we should look at it as they have to play us. Like, we're a good team, right? We're a good team. That's how we should view it. So, Nah, man, you look forward to playing LSU Thursday, Friday, Saturday, on the 6th, 7th, and 8th. You look forward to playing at Vandy, playing the Florida Gators Thursday. We got a lot of Thursday through Saturday series, by the way. But you look forward to, you know, Florida the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. You look forward to having Auburn to close out that month as well. Uh, three games set at Founders Park. So, you know, you you run towards competition, not away from it, right? You run towards competition, not away from it, and uh, – I'm excited for it man. I'm excited for it. John Edward, I'll actually be at the Friday middle game against Florida. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. No doubt. Xander Kirby says to be successful you need four to five dudes hitters, three to five elite arms and then good baseball IQ. We seem to have that. One thing to note four guys who started last year on the bench, French, Brewer, Braswell and Madden, always a good sign of how you have recruited. So, uh, I do agree with you by the way Xander Kirby and I you know I think you you want your lineup and your entire team to be as complete as you can get. But uh, in doing so, yeah, Xander, I think as long as you got four or five guys, uh, like you mentioned in the lineup, three to five elite arms, I mean, I, I think pitching, that's where the depth is really, I, I think that's where the depth is really seen. But I do agree with you in your, in your line of thinking there in regards to, you know, building a successful ball club. Somebody asked, do you stream the watch-alongs in the Discord? So, this is a great question. So, the, <clears throat> the hangouts that we're doing, are in the Discord, right? And So like for today, today, for example, I will stream the game on my Mac and then stream the Hangout or I will stream the game in the Hangout. We can all conversate there and talk and chatter and what have you. So the live stream watch-alongs are going to be a completely different thing. We actually did these two years ago. The live stream watch-alongs are going to be, uh, those are going to stream, be streamed like right here. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, right? And it'll literally be just a live stream, but I will be watching the game, right? Now, I will not have the game feed pulled up because that's illegal. Copyright issues, you can't do it, but like at the bottom line here, this bottom ticker, I will update that with what the score is and and anything else, what's going on, what have you, but uh, those will be public. The watch-alongs will be public, okay? Uh, So, that'll be a brand new piece of content we roll out and um, I'm really excited for, it. I think it's a cool, fun thing. I, I just think it's a, a unique way to create content. We're not going to do it for every single series, right? We're not doing it this weekend. We're not doing it for like the Bethune-Cookman weekend, right? Following the Clem sucks weekend, but for the big series and big games, if you will, that is something that I will be doing. So, uh, and you know, we'll try it out. If if I hate it, then then we'll go away from it. But it's something that I want to bring back. I, I think, you know, again, it's my number one goal on game day, no matter the sport, is to create great content, and I think doing these live stream watch-alongs is going to give us the opportunity to do so. And I think it's going to again allow me more freedom and flexibility to lock in in studio and again be on my phone and create content and tweet through games and and, and post highlights and clips, and which is again, which is again my the entire goal and the entire mission of what I do during a game. So. Uh, looking forward to it. Gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Happy Happy says the past two weekends have been encouraging. However, I'll withhold my opinion of the Yardcocks getting the conference play. And that's fair. Listen, that's fair. That's fair because, you know, the n- <laughs> this season was never going to be judged on beating Winthrop. Right? This season was never going to be judged on beating UMass Lowell. I mean, those games are important. You should win. But if you're not winning those games, you have a problem. And I'm not trying to take anything away because there are teams across college baseball that are not winning games they should be winning. But, uh, you know, you can go undefeated in non-conference play, but if if you're trash in SEC play and you still can't hit good pitching, you didn't accomplish what you set out to accomplish in the first place. So, you know, I think that's fair to withhold judgment. I mean, I'm someone that, uh, you know, I'm not all of a sudden overreacting and saying, oh, you know, we're – we're 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 uh, we're going to Omaha now. Go ahead and book your flights. Like you know, I'm I'm not going to say that, but there've been there have been very encouraging signs early, very encouraging signs early, and you know we'll see if that will continue. Uh, back to what Savannah Webster said. Uh, it's on SEC Network Plus the baseball game. Do you think the bars up there will have it on? Uh, well, again, Savannah, I'll be doing a live stream watch along that won't have the game on necessarily. Will the bars have it on? Savannah, unfortunately, I don't think so. I, I just, I don't, and I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for each individual bar, but unfortunately, I don't know that college baseball moves the needle enough for the masses um, for them to throw it on. I, I could be totally wrong. And you also need to go to a bar that has like a smart, that has smart TVs that has the capabilities of doing that. So a lot of them just have like direct TV and, and they they don't have the ability to stream a game. So uh, Cody says, I may have missed your take on this. What are your thoughts on these alleged proposed rule changes in college football to shorten games? I'm still looking for one person who has ever called for shorter games. I don't get it. Um, You know, Cody, I, I think it's all for business. You know, I, I think it's all for business. For sure. I mean, so, listen, sometimes college football games can get a little bit long. They can. But is there really a need to shorten the game? I, I don't think so, but I will say this. I mean, a lot of the rule changes, the proposed rule changes, there were four. Most of them make sense. The one that I didn't agree with was a running clock after an incompletion. That, that to me, just makes no sense. I, I, that, to me, I'm not a fan of. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, are they actually making the decision for the betterment of the game? I You know, I don't think so. I think it's all for business. I think it's all what makes business sense. And, uh, you know, because if they really, right, if they really wanted to shorten games, right, if they really wanted to shorten the games, they could cut out certain commercials. There's breaks in the action they could cut out, but they're not going to do that because that's what drives revenue, right? That's what drives revenue, so... I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to love college football either way, and I know you will as well. But I, I do agree with you. I, I don't know, like, where is this call for shorter games coming from? Um, I mean, I will say this though. That, again, we live in we live in a TikTok culture. We live in a culture like we want it now. Our attention spans are so short. Nobody wants to watch a three and a half hour game, right? We want it condensed. We want it shortened. We want it efficient as possible. So I can see it from that standpoint, but I think it's all just a business move. Uh, Jacob B. says, it's early, but thank God we're able to put up runs. Last year was like shit in the midweek. Appears at the moment that Kingston pulled his head out of his rear end. Yeah, I hear you, Jacob. I mean, you know, again, so far so good. Uh, Last night was great. Encouraging signs early. We'll see if it continues. I mean, I think it can. I think it can. I'm very optimistic and, and excited for these guys, but, you know, Tonight's another challenge, and I I think we'll be able to have our way with Queens. But it's a great point you make, Jacob, that, again, we were not even putting up these type of performances even in the midweek last year, so it is encouraging signs for sure. Take nothing away. Guys, that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more here on this
3: Wednesday. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back.
1: Taking your questions, comments, calls. eight four three seven nine zero three That is 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, February the 22nd, 2023. Let's jump right back into your questions and your comments. Brian Dean says 19-3. to I love our patience behind the plate. The Monty Lee factor. And, Brian, I'm glad you bring this up because I, I think what's interesting, Mark Kingston last night in his game, right? And I've noticed this throughout the preseason. And in all of his post game pressers as well. You know, we, we wondered about the dynamic with Mark Kingston and Monty Lee and just what that working relationship would be like. And, you know, I, I think it says something that Mark Kingston is so quick and eager and willing to put ego aside, put pride aside, and give Monty Lee credit the way in which he's doing. Again, he talked last night about, you know, the, the Monty Lee effect and the, uh, the way he's impacted their approach in a positive manner and the way that their hitters are, are playing with such confidence, swinging a bat with such confidence because of what he's brought to this team. And again, I, I just think we need to acknowledge the the level of ego death and the level of, you know, humility that that takes, right? Because you you could – You could think to yourself, hey, he's going to be threatened as head coach because he's bringing in, you know, Clem sucks his old head coach, and he's bringing in a guy that's been in Columbia before and had massive success, and, you know, the pressure's on him, and everybody loves Monty Lee. But so far, I mean, I I think the working relationship has been nothing but a success to this point. And, you know, I I think utilizing Monty Lee as – an asset for this ball club, it's paying off huge dividends right now. And I think you've got to give Money Lee a lot of credit for the hitting approach that he's obviously brought. And he is the hitting coach on this ball club. And, you know, maybe Mark Kingston's been a little bit more hands-off. We don't know. We're not behind closed doors. But I think that's just been really interesting because we wondered, again, it'll be something to continue to watch, is the the working relationship and the dynamic between those two. I, you know, I, I think all things considered right now, so far, so good for the Kingston Lee experiment if you will so been really really cool been really cool to see Brian Dean can't pronounce the name of the starting pitcher I know he was a freshman once he settled in he was spot on he was a freshman once what do you mean oh Jerzenbeck I'm assuming you mean Jerzenbeck Eli Jerzenbeck was really really good last night for sure Eli Jerzenbeck was really really good last night for sure uh, Matt Bruno, definitely seeing the differences in approach to the plate. seems like Monty's having an impact there. Love to see the aggressiveness. Really hoping we can keep it through SEC play. Yeah, Matt, I think Monty certainly. I think Monty certainly is <clears throat> having an impact. I think also, too, and again, Kingston mentioned this last night, it's just you have a group of veteran hitters now. I mean, you, you got guys that, you know, they're not freshmen anymore, right? Guys like Lee Croy, Messina, Hornung. They've got a year under their belt. They've got a year of summer ball under their belt you know, again, these aren't just, these aren't greenhorns anymore. These guys have turned into some of your veterans. And then you bring in guys like McGillis, like Cassis, like Denny, right, who are very experienced ball players and who have played a ton of baseball. Also, you've got your leader in Braylon Wimmer, uh, you know, Evan Stone taking a jump from year one to year two, uh, you know, and, and then you got a really talented freshman in Ethan Petrie. So, you know, it's, it is it is a much more veteran lineup. It's an older lineup. It's an experienced lineup, and that matters. That that just matters. Seeing and getting experience of the college game, it's a very big deal. So I think there's a multitude of reasons as to why you are doing what you're doing. I, I do believe there's a multitude of reasons, but, uh, you know, you just love to see it click. You love to see it come together, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch right now. It's a lot of fun to watch right now. So, um, anyways. Guys, again, phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday. It's crazy, guys. The men's basketball season is coming to an end. Only a handful of games, right? This is one of your last three remaining contests. Isn't that crazy? Time flies when you're having fun, I guess, if you want to call it that. Guys, let's go and jump to the phone lines. Football, Frank. Football, Frank. What's up, man? How you doing?
4: <laughs> how you doing, pal? I, I don't want to change the subject. I love, I love what these kids are doing on the field right now. And I didn't get the name of the guy that closed out last night, but he was ripping some heat. Um, I guess he struck out, struck out the side when he came in. Uh, I don't remember who the was. Yeah, it was, was. A
1: Dallas, <laughs> I believe is how you say his name.
4: If I'm, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, yeah, impressive. Yeah. Looked like he was ten. Yeah,
1: yeah, young guy. Yeah, young guy. Yeah, was, young uh, kid
4: who he Yeah, was Zach
1: Zadalis. Zach Zadalis. Yeah.
4: Cool. Um, I just wanted to just switch a gear here to uh, football for a mm-hmm. second. I was listening to uh, Andrew Lyons. I guess today was talking some stuff about you know football program and how you know the next step for Shane Beamer is to beat Tennessee and georgia and clemson regularly man but we're we're skipping a whole entire year i mean what we got to do regularly is beat florida missouri uh you know mississippi state texas a&m kentucky that's our next state uh next year those we got to take care of business (laughs) and maybe steal a win you know from one of those three uh you know and, and then move on i just think that that's just a false narrative saying, "Yeah, the next step for Shane, you're just setting them up for failure." I mean, how do you expect to beat those three teams regularly after three years uh, as a head coach? Yeah, and I think that's a great
1: question and a great uh, talking point. Frank is like, "What is the next step for South Carolina football under Shane Beaver? And I agree with you. I actually agree with you. You know, it's great to beat Tennessee. We all want to beat Georgia. We all want to beat Clemson. Sucks, but. And I'm I'm not going to sound like a broken record because last year, you know, I said Mizzou was the most important game. You're not going to have a successful season if you don't beat them. And I think most people look at last year, they do deem it a successful season, right? Despite the fact that you lost to Missouri. But that has to change. Like, you're just – it's becoming that game that the Kentucky losing streak was where, you know, how can you get over the hump if you couldn't beat the Wildcats? How can you call yourself a contender, truly? And so now that's what this is becoming. How can you call yourself a contender in taking the quote-unquote next step if you can't beat Missouri? You know, more often right. than you lose. I'm not saying you're going to go 10-0 in a decade, but you need to be going 7-3, and three, maybe even going 8-2. and two. Like, you, you need to be taking care of business against those type of teams because I think that's where you find the consistency. You're not going to beat Tennessee every year. You're not going to beat Georgia, God forbid, every year. Most years you're probably not going to beat them. You're not going to beat Clem Sucks every year. You'd like to beat them more often than you lose to them, but you're not going to beat them every year. But a team like Missouri, a team like Kentucky, those are teams, of course, Vanderbilt's taken care of. Those are teams, though, you know, Florida, while they're down, those are teams you need to be beating consistently. That's how you're able to get to the point of having a floor of eight and four having a floor that is consistent in that manner to where now you can really start to say, okay, we've raised the bar, we've raised the level of expectations. Now we can realistic, realistically talk about taking the next step and getting to double-digit wins. We can realistically talk about taking the next step and competing with Georgia and Tennessee for the SEC East and the SEC Championship. But you have to be, to your point, be taking care of business in those games against the Kentuckys, the Missouris, the, uh, the what, th- those types of teams the floor while they're down. Like I mentioned, you've got to take care of business in those games if you're going to take the quote-unquote next step under Shane Beamer because the next step, Frank, to me, is, again, raising the floor. That's what it is. The next step is raising the floor. Sure. As our good friend J.D. Backell said before, if you can make eight and four your floor, there's not a Gamecock fan out there that wouldn't take that because when you look at the history of this program, you've had spurts, you've tasted success here and there, but you've never had – sustained success you never had consistency that would come with the floor being eight and four and doing that let's say over the course of a decade that would be unprecedented for South Carolina football
4: yeah that's you know you see that that's the situation like this and these teams that we're talking about like Missouri Florida Kentucky you know uh Texas AM, Mississippi State it's not only it's not only beating them it's it's going it's setting a foundation up where you beat them home or away, it doesn't matter where you're playing them. It's not even a discussion. We're going to beat Missouri in Missouri. We're going to beat them at home. You don't need to be waffling, oh, maybe we got them, maybe we don't, because you're never going to, like you said, we can't come up off that floor and start talking about consistently beating Tennessee. I mean, forget about consistently beating Georgia. If you're not taking care of Missouri – and and last year's missouri game was so bad 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 game was
3: so bad was so bad not beating georgia consistently
4: it's taking care of those middle of the road teams where we're comfortable to them on certain days and certain days they beat us. And then we can talk about Clemson and Tennessee and yeah. Georgia, but I mean, we got to cut that narrative, you know, to the quick about that's our next step. That's, yeah. that's the next floor, but that's not our next step. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and each year presents a different challenge for sure, but I, I do think going into year three, again, I think it's about, I think why year three is so important. Um, you know, last year it's funny. And I had this conversation with Mark Rogers yesterday you know, last year we spent a lot of the preseason talking about, you know, can South Carolina be this year's Arkansas and what they did sure. in their year two under Sam Pittman, sure. right? They won nine games. They won the Outback Bowl. They were the surprise team. and They had all the momentum coming into last season. It's funny, though, ironically, now I say to myself, can South Carolina avoid being what Arkansas yeah. was under Sam Pittman in year three, which was a team that returned yeah. their quarterback, Return their starting running back. Return a lot of their top weapons. Had all this hype and momentum and excitement. And what happened? They went six and six, and they fell short of expectations. Yeah. So, can the Gamecocks oh, avoid and, doing that? Can they avoid doing well, that? That's the well, big question this year.
4: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that the chips are stacked against us, but we we sure. I, I I've always been saying that this 2023 schedule was a tough schedule. There's people out there that think we have one of the toughest schedules in the SEC right now, at, at least in the East. But, uh, you know, so I'm not, you know, you don't want to see a six and six. And, you know, but the, there's some puzzle pieces that we got to make fit. You know, we talked about it before. The North Carolina game is a must. You, know, you, got, you got to take care of Florida. You got to do Kentucky. These are not Missouri. That's how we're going to get that next that next floor that we talk about. You know, these guys are putting the roof on the house. We don't have the first floor built yet, hmm. um, yeah. you know. So I thought it's kind of amusing that there's this pundits out there thinking that, you know, you're putting Shane Deemer in a bad spot, saying, "Yeah, okay, here, here you go, man. Your next step is uh, going two or three, two and three against Georgia over the next few years." I mean, I just that's not going to happen. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. I right. I agree with you again. Raising the floor, it's about raising the floor, right? It's like it's like uh, it's like being a good golfer. You know what I mean? Like everybody can hit a miracle shot you know hole in one right some of the worst players the worst amateurs have holes in one but what makes the pros the pros is their floor is to a level their misses are so small right their misses are small yeah. it's not that their successes are great everybody can have great success. but how wide are your misses so for south kind of football it's about raising the floor right it's about raising the floor and making a quote-unquote bad season seven and five or eight and four and that being the floor for you um Again, that, that would that would be a massive step forward for this program. Massive.
4: eight and four this year and a bowl win is would be a phenomenal huge year, year three, I think. Huge
1: year because it continues I, I mean you keep eight, momentum, you you continue you know to recruit I mean? at a high
4: level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean phenomenal. I mean that to me to me, I don't know where the wins and losses are coming from, but, but to go eight and four and win a bowl game, you know, you go eight and four, you gotta remember you know, careful what you wish for, right? Now you're going to end up playing a top, you know, 20 team in a bowl game. Um, and to win that, like if we had beaten Notre Dame, this season would have been completely over the top. But, mm. you know, again, going eight and four and winning a bowl game, going nine and four overall, that's phenomenal in year three. With the schedule we have on, on, the, on the sheet, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that as a win.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you. Yeah, I and mean, again, you mentioned Phil Steele and his uh, his metrics – Per his metrics, the Gamecocks do indeed have the toughest schedule in college football this season. So take that for what it's worth.
4: Yeah, I look. We're not playing Hawaii, and we're not. I mean, we're talking like remember last year's some the Big Ten stalwarts are out and beating up on the Rainbow Warriors in yeah. week two, and you know we got to go. We got to play Georgia. You know, uh, we got to play Tennessee and Neyland. I mean, it's been, we're all gonna <laughs> we're all gonna witness it for 10, but you know. Like you said, you you got a last year would have been completely different had we not pulled out those two miracles. You know, based on the fact that we couldn't take care of the teams we should have. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we eliminate that. Yeah, no, we do have to eliminate that. You're right. Yeah, games that you know you you lost three of your three of your four regular season losses came to teams that finished six and six. Pretty crazy when you think about that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Not a good look. Uh, you know, and, and I, you can roll the tape back. I mean, I went down for the Tennessee game and I basically, you know, on the program said, Listen, I'm going down there and I'm going to rush the field if we cover the spread, you know, no, nobody, you know, nobody thought we were going to win that game until we were yeah. up 28, you know, um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so I'll let you go. Uh, good luck to all Cox today. I'm looking forward to a nice win. That was, uh, and, uh, Robbie Davis was only off by 10 runs, so he's getting closer. (laughs) Indeed.
1: Hey, Frank, I appreciate you, my man. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Take it easy. Have a great one. Yeah, man, you too. Appreciate it. Guys, when you start looking at the 2023 season, by the way, and I appreciate that call from Frank. Great stuff as always. Could you argue that Florida is the most important game of the season? Could you argue that Florida is the most important? I, I, I think you could. I think you could. I think when you look at you know, SEC East hierarchy, and, and you look at games you need to win, in my, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think you could argue that Florida game is the most important game of the year. After coming off a bye week, after what happened last season, you get the Gators at home, you know, and, and you look at what it sets up. It actually begins your October slate and it leads you into after that, you've got at Mizzou at AM, right? Back to back, which it's crazy that you have those two road trips back to back. And I'll lock in, guys, my weight, my most important game of the 2023 season. Um, you know, later this summer, of course. You guys know the drill in regards to when we do that. But I think you could make an argument that the Florida game is the most important game of the year. I think you could. <clears throat> I really think you could. So, um, you know, I, I think it's probably for me, it's either between that one or the North Carolina game. I, I I just uh let's see. Coach Ford, yeah. UNC the most important game. That is a winnable game. That is a must get. Yeah, I I listen, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with that. I, I just think that I think that I think if you're going to hit eight and four or better in this year, UNC might be a game you need. I, I don't think you have to win that one. Coach Ford, I don't think you have to win the UNC game, but it's, I don't know. I think that'd be a really tough one to lose. I think that'd be a really, really tough one to lose. Um, I mean, Jacob, you say Mizzou on the road. I'm just, I'm not making, I'm not making the Mizzou game the key game again because we lost it last year and still went eight and four in the regular season. You know what I'm saying? Still went eight and four in the regular season uh and you but see listen you say uf they don't have a quarterback it's at home we should win big i mean i didn't think florida was all that great last year and they kicked our ass like just a nightmare one thing is for certain the florida game well it's on the road but i was gonna say the watch party will not be in somerville for that ball game and i, I don't know what game we will do a watch party for somerville and i have no idea <coughs> excuse me um I don't know. I don't exactly know what the plan is for football season in regards to watch parties, live stream, watch alongs, go into games, what have you. So, Mm -mm -mm. Anyways, guys, great weather this week, by the way. My goodness, great weather this week. I think it's like a high of like 77 here in the upstate. Uh, beautiful weather all throughout this week. How about the Titans have re-
3: released Taylor Lawan? Wow. <clears throat>
1: Interesting. Babes and Waves. Clem Sucks is the most important game. Period. I hear you man I mean I, I, I think there's I guess it kind of depends on what type of gamecock fan you are I, I think there's some gamecocks that they will forever every single year um, say that that's the most important game. you know I, I babes and waves to be honest I, I don't I don't really agree um, necessarily I, I just I, I don't know it's an important game Let, let's not let's not act like it's not an important game truly uh, Jacob says I think we should be able to handle UNC no problem. Longo's gone. They can't play defense. They got exposed against a mediocre, Clem sucks team. I hear you. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a game. I think the spread's going to be a lot closer than you think. I mean, Jacob, think about what we're dealing with. Yes, you have Rattler, Juice back, but I mean, how about your defense? How about your defense going up against Drake May? It's going to be a tough game. Let's jump to the phone lines here.
2: From awesome. Robbie Davis, Zach's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. Just finished eating my lunch before I called in.
1: What'd you have oh, for are you lunch? Doing what, what'd stuff? you have for lunch today, my guy?
2: I well, I had some spicy chicken patties for lunch. Spicy chicken patties. Mm-hmm. Nice. I heated them up in the microwave for two and a half minutes. Put mayonnaise on some bread and ate them. I love that. <laughs> I love that. But. uh... And anywho, just for the heck of it, shout out to Frank, okay? Shout out to Frank. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name yeah, right. Frank, but yeah, Frank, I, I think it's in Frank, right? Yeah, yeah. Frank, yeah. Shout out to Frank just for the heck of it. Yeah, I was off by 10 runs, but guess what? It, who cares? We won the ball game. That's all that matters, okay? We, we came, we saw, we conquered, we took care of business, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't, including yourself, I don't think anybody was expecting the the bats to be this hot so early in the season. And I certainly know I wasn't because, I mean, after last season, what else, what, 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 were, we, what were we supposed to expect? Mm. Something different? I would say prob- probably not. But for some reason, we're, we're hitting the cover off of the ball right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure every South Carolina baseball fan is giddy with how we're hitting the baseball right now. We have hit multiple home runs in every game so far, if, if, if I remember correctly. I don't think there hasn't been a game yet, even though yes, we're only like what four games into the season. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a game yet where we have not hit a home run. And I love the patience that these the patience that these guys have at the plate, okay? Love it. And that's what you've got to do whenever you're playing baseball and you're up and you're batting, right? You gotta be patient. Mm-hmm. Don't try to overthink it. Don't try to overdo it. If they give you a pitch, swing at it. Even though, like I have told you before, baseball is not my was not my strong suit playing sports. But I never I never got a hit. But that gummit, I would always go down swinging. And I'd rather be a guy that goes down swinging than just standing there and watching the ball go by on the third strike. Okay, I'm just saying. Damn All right,
1: right. <clears throat> damn right. All right. Love that.
2: I'd rather I'd rather you go down swinging than go down looking, okay? And I could tell later later in the game last night that the pitchers for Winthrop were scared. They were not throwing the ball nowhere in the strike zone, and when they did, we made them pay for it. And that's what we've got to do tonight and going into this weekend and moving forward throughout the season. When they give you a good pitch, swing at it. Absolutely. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're, mm-hmm. you're either going to hit it or you're going to miss. But if you time it correctly, you're going to get a hit just about every time. You, you time hey, you could you could hit a foul ball. Another thing that could happen. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, hit a foul ball, do something. I don't care. Just, just, just go, go down swinging. Don't stand up there like a knot on a log and don't let it go by you. Okay? Don't do that. And that's what we're doing. Okay? We're getting guys on and we're making them pay for it. And I told you before the season that one of the things that we struggled with was when if we had guys on, we couldn't get them in.
4: And right now we are absolutely
2: raking in runs. Okay? I'm tempted to pick us to score 20, okay? Why not? I don't remember what my prediction – I I don't even remember what my prediction was for today that I gave you the other day. But I'm tempted to just tell you we're going to score 20 because we've scored 19 to 20 runs in every game so far. So why not?
1: Why not? Cox by 90, literally.
2: literally Cox by 90 literally uh and I think I I I I don't know who's who's pitching for us tonight
1: James Hicks James Hicks will get the ball okay
2: that's right yeah Hicks yeah I I I I I like James Hicks He's, he's he's pretty darn good okay and I think if 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 he gets it going early, he's gonna he's gonna uh, give Queen some some hell tonight, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think the score will be because I can't remember what I gave you yesterday, so I'm changing the score. Okay. I would not be surprised with the way these bats are going right now. If we scored 19 runs again. I love that. So, my prediction, my prediction is 19 to three. I'll I'll give Queens three, okay, because I got to give them something. But if our pitching staff keeps pitching like this, and our defense keeps playing like this, aside from the three errors or four errors that we've had so far, Mm. I'd, we're we're playing like a team on a mission, and that's what I wanted to see this year. Is we're, pl- we're uh, see us play with it as a, like a team on a mission, and we're playing like one right now. So I'm gonna go with 19 to three. So you're you're going with night.
1: You're going with the exact same score as last night for the game tonight. 19 to three. <sighs> yeah, I love it. Consistency, love that.
3: So, I
2: just saw Marion R twenty comment just
3: now. I couldn't read it
2: fast enough, but I just saw it just now. <laughs> um, but uh, and I'm switching to football real quick, then I'll get off of here. I promise. I think I, I I I think that obviously yes, Missouri against Missouri this year is going to be a definite must win because i'm getting sick and tired of losing to those thinking buttheads over there in missouri okay i'm getting tired of losing to them and i think i and and like i've said i think we're on the up and up and people should be scared Mm -hmm. if they ain't scared if they they ain't scared already because like i said beamer's building something special with this football program and I think I think he I think he do I think he's doing it the right way.
1: I'm excited too, man. I mean, listen, beamer ball to the moon. I mean, truly, it's uh exciting beamer ball to the freaking moon. Yeah, it's exciting times to be a Gamecock, man. And I mean I you know, we got a long way to go till kickoff. But hey, before you know it, spring ball will be starting up yeah, and, be, I mean I, I would imagine spring practice will start yeah. within the next week or two. I mean, the spring game's April fifteenth, so Um yeah. Yeah, beginning of March or what have you. Um
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's uh it's exciting times, man. And football moves the needle and nobody's itching, 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 nobody's itching,
3: nobody's awesome. Awesome what Beamer's doing. So 70, hold on, hold on, say it again. I may admit, you got the Gamecock
1: men beating Alabama. Yeah. 75 to
2: 65. Yeah. The upward trajectory has got to start somewhere. Might as well be Alabama.
1: I love that. Hey, Gamecocks will do the unthinkable as 17 and a half point <laughs> underdogs on the home floor. <laughs> I love it. GG hey, Jackson baby. scores forty and we get it done. Why not?
2: <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why not? Hey, you hey, you still gotta and remember, like I've said before, you still even though we're picked to go even though we're probably picked to get our brains beat in, but you still need to play the game, right? So why not pick us to win? What to hell with it?
1: Well, I respect that prediction. Like I said, I'm going with ninety four to sixty seven uh, Alabama. So <laughs> one of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. And hopefully it's you. Hopefully you're the one that's right. I'd love to see that.
2: <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get off of here. You have a great rest of your, what's it been today's Thursday? Yeah. Today's Thursday. Yeah. Have a great rest of your Thursday. I hope everyone in the live chat and everyone watching has an awesome rest of their week. Go Cox and to hell with that team in the upstairs.
1: Well said, Robbie. I appreciate you, my friend.
2: All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah,
1: man, you too. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. He's got the Gamecocks beating Alabama. Shoot or shoot indeed. Uh, Let's see. I saw somebody comment here. Jeff Gulledge, have a request by no means. Am I trying to tell you what to do? Please don't take it that way. But this football season, can you still have Jake Crane calling every week? Love his one-liners. Yeah, Jeff, I'd love to have Jake Crane on. Jake's incredible. Yeah, And listen, Jeff, I'm not. I don't take it as you're telling me what to do, but I love the feedback. So you tell me, you guys tell me what guests you like, guests you don't like, whatever, who you want to see more of. Apparently, Jake had a one-liner today. We're treating college football like Madonna is treating her face. Stop changing it because you're ruining it. (laughs) And that, without a doubt, sounds like a Jake Crane one-liner. On that note, let's go ahead and jump into a break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from
3: you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions,
1: comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. And yes, uh, per Robbie Davis, today is Thursday. It is Wednesday, folks. It is hump day. Uh, <clears throat> Robbie Davis is, is living in the future, I guess. Either way, we're taking your questions, comments, calls. 843 3377 7. That's 843 3377 7. Gad says, my favorite Jake one-liner was the week of the Tennessee game. He said, Rattler better come back next year because the only chance he gets drafted is if World War Three starts. <laughs> I do remember that one. That one was funny. That one was very funny. Yeah. That one was very funny for sure. Yeah, guys, the plan will be to have a, uh, you know, to have a, a full guest lineup yet again on TDC. That, that will be the plan, no doubt. Um, so, I'll be looking forward to that. It'll be really exciting. I thought it was a blast last year, and, uh, yeah, we'll definitely do it again. So, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. As you saw on the the final slide, the break, if you will, the spring tour with our friends at Carolina Alehouse is just around the corner. That will start March the 23rd and run all the way through the end of April, basically. So going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to getting back on the road and and linking up with all you guys and, and talking Gamecocks and selling merch and and uh, and doing it all, man. It'll be a lot of fun, so. Anyways, do you want to hear from you, Gamecocks. Take on Queens on the diamond tonight. And then, of course, take on the Alabama Crimson Tide on the hardwood tonight at 9 o'clock. 4 o'clock, first pitch for baseball. 9 o'clock, tip-off for basketball. So, really excited, looking forward to it. Let's see. Bruin Nation says, 19 runs. We're beating Alabama and... It's Thursday. Yeah, Robbie Davis is bold for that. Picking the win over Alabama. Robbie Davis is bold. I'm I'm not that bold. I'm not that bold, folks. I'm not that bold. So, cheers to Robbie Davis that he's correct from his lips to God's ears. From his lips to God's ears, no doubt. So. John Ebert just shot you a DM, my guy. Your T-shirt has been shipped, by the way, or your order. Whatever was in the order, it has been shipped. So, it has been shipped. I'm really surprised we haven't gotten an announcement on when, on when spring ball will be taking place. I'm kind of surprised at that. I'm actually kind of surprised at that. No update on spring football. So, I'm sure Beamer will update us very, very soon, but uh, yeah, we have not
3: heard much of anything. So,
1: anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, hey, podcast will drop tomorrow. We will be. We will be recording the show after the Bama game tonight, so it'll be a fun podcast. No guest, uh, no guest on the show for tomorrow, just because of the the craziness, the busyness of the week. So you'll just have me on the pod talking, uh, you know, a little bit of the midweek, but also previewing the series this weekend against Penn. We'll also talk Court Cox and what happens tonight in the basketball game. So looking forward to it. Really, really excited. And, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to drop the pod once again tomorrow. And then, of course, we will have uh, game day on Friday for the baseball series. Yes, today is Wednesday indeed. Today is indeed Wednesday. Um, It is Wednesday. I think Robbie Davis was a little confused of what day of the week it was. Either way. um, Either way. Mm -hmm. Like I said, guys, incredible weather out, by the way. It's a really fun time of year. The weather starts to warm back up. Baseball is back. Cody says, I think the spring game should be at night from now on. I I would agree. Why not? You know? I mean, they control what time it's played at. There isn't a TV issue. There's, I mean, Shane Beamer and company literally control when, what time, everything. The game's played. So, why not? Why not make it a night game? I don't know why they wouldn't after last year. It was a huge success. That was a massive success. So why 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 not uh, why not have the spring game at night? So I think that'd be really cool. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Just checking the the midweek slate today. There are some pretty good games. You've got Coastal and NC State. That'll be a fun one. Four o'clock first pitch. Of course, Caron and Queens is at 4 o'clock as well. Uh, Lamar and K-State play at 7. So, got some good. Florida, South Florida, I think, plays again. Here, let's jump to the phone lines.
3: Call from... To
0: accept, press 1.
1: What's going on? How are you?
2: Yeah, How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Preacher Jaskin, what's up?
2: Yes, sir. Not a whole lot. Just talking a little bit about football. I just mm-hmm. feel like the North Carolina game is a must win.
1: I mean, I think that's fair. I think you could label it the most important game. Um, it's a must win for what purpose, though? In regards to what, hitting nine wins, ten wins, eight wins? What are your What are your thoughts? I say on that? nine
0: mm-hmm.
2: it sets up the season for week two, maybe potential upset Georgia, mm-hmm. but that's going to be a tough half.
1: Well, Georgia. Just to remind you, it's actually week three. You've got Furman in week two. Oh. So if you, but if you, to your point, Sorry if you that. beat no, nah, to your point, if you beat UNC, yeah, I mean you'll go in there two and zero. You know, ranked maybe top twenty. Uh, Georgia, of course, is going to be a top five team, maybe even number one. So yeah, it, it'll set up a massive, massive game if you take down North Carolina
2: for sure. For sure, buddy. You'll have maybe national coverage, SEC Network, maybe game day,
1: maybe game day, maybe game day. I don't see why not. I mean, that'll be a huge game. So
2: I just feel like I want to put my input on that, and I appreciate you taking the call, brother.
1: Hey, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Great stuff.
2: Yes, sir. You, you have a good day,
1: buddy. You mean you too. Take care. Great stuff there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I mean, if you start the season two and O, George will be undefeated. I think college game day would make a lot of sense. I really do. I mean, where are the Gamecocks going to be ranked in the preseason? They're going to be ranked. South Carolina is going to be ranked, no doubt, in my mind. Just where? That's the question. Uh, Guys, back to baseball. Other midweek games. TCU, UT, Arlington. uh, Miami, Indiana State. Florida, South Florida is at 6. Vandy, UAB at 5.30. Tennessee and Alabama A&M at 4.30. So, some interesting games. Mississippi State takes on UL Monroe again at four. They are struggling, man. Alabama, Tennessee, Martin. I don't know why Tennessee. Alabama, Tennessee, Martin at four o'clock as well. Um, Louisville Xavier at three. So, was just kind of trying to look at the SEC games. There's some really good SEC series this weekend. Greg Bedinger, beating Bama tonight, how would that compare to beating Tennessee in football? It'd be comparable. It would. Just in regards to like a massive upset, but I'll be honest with you. I thought we were going to be bigger underdogs. I'm actually surprised at, uh, at how low the spread is. I am. I'm surprised. I'm actually really surprised. Guys, looking ahead of the weekend, when you look at the top SEC series, of course, Gamecocks have pinned. How about Alabama goes to Pepperdine? If you've never seen Pepperdine's baseball field, by the way, I've never seen it in person. Beautiful venue. I mean, a beautiful venue. How about Arkansas plays Eastern Illinois? You guys recall them? The Panthers? Yeah, South's going to open up against them. uh, Open the Shane Beamer era up against them. LSU, Kansas State, uh, Mississippi State, Arizona State. How about that one? Ole Miss taking on the 13th-ranked Maryland Terrapins. Vandy, UCLA is going to be an incredible series. Florida, Cincinnati. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, And then Auburn taking on Southern Cal. And that game, guys, that series actually got moved from Los Angeles to Auburn because of apparently weather. I I don't know, so. John Edwards says, hate to be that guy, but we aren't beating Alabama. (laughs) Thank you, John Edwards. Yeah, again, I've got 94-67. to Crimson Tide, I mean, I'd love to be wrong, but there's just not. I mean, we, for some reason, have played much, 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 much worse. Much worse. At home versus on the road. So. Mm -mm -mm. Wow, J.D. Piquel getting Will Shipley on his show. How about that? Getting Will Shipley.
3: Bama Visuals. We have a Bama fan tuned in.
1: He says, I'm sorry, but y'all are facing a pissed-off basketball team in a few hours. Bama Visuals. Listen, man it's it's a peaceful greeting here because I've I've got y'all winning by 27 points. So I, I'm not going into this. I'm not sitting here gonna tell you how y'all are overrated. And and I think that no, I this Game Cox basketball team's just not very good. They're not very good. Um, yeah. Alabama will have their way, no doubt. Sean Dyer, I appreciate you tuning in, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Alex Hiles has got to shoot and make three pointers. I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, live and die by the three, you got to make them. So, by the way, sneaky good matchup for women's basketball tomorrow at Tennessee. That's always an intriguing game. I'm, in no way am I saying we're not going to win, but, you know, after a game against Ole Miss and, you know, after the game against Ole Miss and in, in which you you struggled, struggled mightily, could have lost the game, you know, on the road in Knoxville could be interesting. It could be interesting. Uh, Bruin Nation, Chris, which would you rather have? Omaha for baseball or 10 wins with wins over Georgia, Clemson Sucks, and Tennessee? (sighs) Bruin Nation, hmm, it's an interesting question, right? Because I kind of look at it two different ways. There's a fan way to look at it, like a personal fan way. And Bruin Nation, there's a business way. Because I'm always going to take success in football for business. It's just because here's the thing, Bruin Nation, nothing, and I mean nothing, moves the needle like football. Like if you really want to have an uncomfortable conversation, we can. People can say whatever they want. Fans would trade the success of, and the the good news is, listen, this is a hypothetical, we don't have to do this. But fans would trade the success of every other sport to have a winning football program. You think Georgia gives a damn their baseball team's not all that great? You think Georgia gives a damn their basketball team sucks? You think Georgia gives a damn their women's basketball team's not good? No. Because when your football program's balling, when your football program is having success, Health for your football program is health of your athletic department. Your football carries everything. Now, you want to be good in other things. You'd like to be. And I'm not saying you should strive to be just good in football and everything else doesn't matter. But football is king. It's absolutely king. Right? Football's everything. Yeah, the Bama guy. Football's everything. I mean, for for, for SEC fans, football is king above all. And it's just not. Like, football is way up here. And your number two sport, as important as it might be, is like down here. Now, from the fan side, Bruin Nation, I would say baseball being in Omaha. Because, number one, if you're in Omaha, you have a chance to win a national championship. Winning 10 games doesn't mean you're winning a national title. You're not winning a national title in 10 games. I guess when the playoff expands, you could be in. But if you're in Omaha, you're competing for a national championship. And also, Omaha is kind of one of those... You know, I say bucket list things, like it's some like crazy thing. I couldn't do it. I mean, I I could literally go this year. But to watch South Carolina in Omaha, I've never been. I wasn't there in 10, 11, 12. That would be like a dream come true. Like creating content and and doing the show from Omaha just be incredible, dude. It'd be absolutely incredible. But, I mean, the the, the way that business, and we were already doing well, but the way that business skyrocketed, the last two weeks of the season just from beating Tennessee and Clem sucks. I mean, guys, there's things that are really good for business. Nothing, and I mean nothing is better for business than significant winning. Not just winning, significant winning. Beating rivals, winning games against ranked competition, you know, scoring lots of points, winning games in, in, in flashy fashion. There's just nothing better for business. Nothing. Nothing. So, um, so I don't know, Ruination. I, I don't know if I really even answered the question. Um, I, I guess I would take, as a whole, like I guess I would take the football success. I'd love to see baseball in Omaha, um, but here's the problem. You know, if if I take the baseball success in Omaha, I mean, could good could football still just go nine and three? Because <clears throat> I take that eight and four. I I take that. You know what I mean? But. Football is just so king and it's not even close, man. It's it's just not even close. It's really not. I mean, and this is no knock on him, but bro, it's just reality. Like I think back to I think back to when the women's basketball program won the national championship last year. I mean, we did the watch party and we covered it and like, bro, as great as that was, that I would say that women's basketball national championship, that game, and the following, it it, it like the Texas A and M football game moved the needle more for the entirety of the fan base. And it's not a knock, but it's just the reality. It's it's just the reality, you know. It's just it's just the reality of what moves the needle and what doesn't. I I get asked all the time, like you know, why don't you cover this more or that more? And and realistically, guys, again, I have to be efficient because I'm just one person. I have to be efficient, right? So you can't talk about everything. And my goal and my objective, and I think my obligation to the audience, it's not to cover every single South Carolina sport. It is to talk about the things that move the needle, that are of interest to people, of interest to the masses. And as good as we are, women's basketball, it's just not one of them. It's just not. It just doesn't move the needle. It just doesn't. It's fun to talk about. It's great. We all support. We all got nothing but love. But where does it fall on? I mean, people would still rather talk about men's basketball, truly. So, you know, it's just the reality of the sport and the uphill battle they fight. And of course, we love the, we love Don Staley's team. We love the Lady Gamecocks. We're going to follow along as they continue to win and win at a high level. But it, it, it's just, it's just the reality, man. It, it's, it's just the reality and the battle you fight. Anybody who gets upset, they're not upset at what I'm saying. They're just upset at the reality of the sport. You know what I mean? So, either way, either way. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, guys, we're going to jump into one final break on the other side. Though, I want to continue to hear from you more, of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're
3: tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 15 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. 843
1: 790 3377. I take 43790 3377. Not sure if you guys just saw my tweet, but it says shooter's shoot has a whole new meaning when taking on Nate Oates' Alabama Crimson Tide program. Big test for the Gamecocks tonight at CLA. Could not help myself. Just <laughs> could not help myself. Could not help myself get on the phone. Hey, how about the. Uh, So, this weekend, I talked about LSU took on K-State. The Round Rock Classic is what they'll take them on in the tournament. It's K-State, Sam Houston, LSU, and Iowa. A really interesting, really interesting uh, tournament there. Really interesting tournament there. I don't know. Either way. Mm -mm Mm-mm. Frank says, "FYI, love Robbie most entertaining. Robbie is truly a legend. Robbie's a gem, no doubt. It's 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 a weird day, Frank, when Robbie doesn't call in. Travi, is the SEC unfiltered still up? Chris, no, no. So, Travi, to to, to actually stand correct, the the channels, the social media channels and stuff like that are still up. Travi, um, in case you missed, I've talked about this a little bit before, but." you know, you have to try different things, and do different things, and and take risks, and taste different things to understand, you know, to be able to, for the vision to clear up, if you will, what you want to do, right? So, Travy, my original vision was this, because you all recall the story. Last year, I went to Knoxville, went to the South Carolina, Tennessee baseball series, and I went up there with my Gamecock buddies, and their buddies were all Tennessee guys, and and those guys rocked hardcore with TSUS, and they still do, by the way, but they really rocked with TSUS and what I do with content. They thought it was super cool and, and felt like, man, you should expand. You should do this for, for Tennessee. You should do this for the SEC, what have you. And so that's really what inspired me to create the SEC Unfiltered Entity, right? So I did. So I did. And we dropped a couple of podcasts. But in doing so, what I realized, Travi, was it was just not sustainable, right? I mean, this this feels like such a no-duh thing now. But it just wasn't sustainable to do the Spurs Up show and do SEC Unfiltered. And let me just say this, and this isn't going to be breaking news for a lot of you that have followed along, followed along for quite a while. You know, I'm someone, again, that, you know, I push myself to evolve, to keep content fresh, to, um, you know, not changing for the sake of change, but always looking at things through a critical eye and evolving and getting 1% better and and sharpening my skills and sharpening my tool set and trying different things and doing different things in business, right? I believe in progress. I believe in positive progress, right? So I learned that lesson. I had to start it to learn that lesson though, right, Travis? I had to start it to learn that lesson. Again, that's why I say just start to people, whatever your venture is. Because, hey, you might get a year in, you might get a month in, you might get five years in, and you might realize, hey, this isn't exactly where I want to go, but you'll be able to pivot, right, and go the direction you need to go. There's nothing wrong with going back down the mountain and going up another trail because you see that way leads to the top, right? I mean, that's all success is, right? It's a big squiggly line. It's not a linear progression. It's, right? Many of you understand that. So what I realized is this. It's not sustainable for me to do multiple entities, which, again, sounds like a no-duh type of thing at this point. However, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what are your future plans? What's your five-year plan? And guys, I I don't know. I I don't really believe in a five-year plan. I believe in implementing systems that on a day-in, day-out basis will achieve and accomplish all of the goals you have, because you know what happens in a five-year plan? You might say, In five years, I want to be a millionaire. In five years, I want to have that thing. I want to be doing this thing. And you know what you do in a five-year plan? You might be setting a goal that's five years away that could be a reality in six months. If you had the right mindset, right? If you manifested it and spoke it into existence and and and, and, and you know vibrationally brought it into your world, into your universe. But you've put it out five years. Anyways, anyways, that's kind of a side subject, side topic. The SEC unfiltered stuff. So that entity still exists, Travi, like it's still on social media. But, and again, this is not going to come as a shock for those of you who have tuned into my stuff for a while and have really listened to me. You know, I do think at some point there will come a time that I will make the decision to expand outside of the Gamecocks. Now, I'll always be a Gamecock through and through. But, The way in which I brought up the, or that I created the SEC Unfiltered Entity, instead of it being a separate entity, there will come a day where I think TSUS itself will be completely rebranded to where this will be the Chris Phillips show, or it'll go under a different name or what have you, right? But that will eventually happen because I I do believe expansion, and when you talk, not just on a business level, although that's a huge driver, but, you know, you know, on a personal level. You know, I want to continue to grow, continue to evolve. And I know that we'll continue to grow on, you know, in the South of space. We're, we're growing day after day. But to take sort of that next step, I mean, you heard Mark Rogers talking about it yesterday, you know, covering every team and all the top storylines and everything else. And I'll always be a Gamecock, right? I'll always be a Gamecock through and through, but I, I do believe that's the next step. Now, I, I don't say all that to say to you that this is happening tomorrow or it's happening next month, but I, I do think it will happen. I don't know exactly when because I'm someone that I think that's something, you know, it, it organically comes into your existence where it just makes sense. And you're like, you know what? This is the time. Now, again, at some point, you just have to pull the plug and and do it, right? But I think, I think there will come a moment. I, I do believe there will be an instance where this is the time to trigger and expand and talk. And it'll probably be from going. Travie, again to your point, going from just South Carolina to talking the entire SEC. I've even thought about nationally, just going completely nationally. But I think the SEC is big enough, and the SEC is—I mean, it is the the king of college football. Right? We are. We are in the top conference. of the content, even for guys that are national, like a Josh Pate, right? 80% of his content is about the SEC. Everybody talks SEC. So I do believe, long story short, Travi, that expansion and branching out and talking beyond just South Carolina will be a reality. I think it will be a reality for me in my my career doing what I do and pushing forward in business. And again, I'll always be a Gamecock, right? And this will be, you know, I think the live show format here will always be something I sort of carry. I do love it. I love the live show format. I think it's incredible. I know a lot of people don't do it. There's some others in the Gamecock space that do it, but like from a national perspective, not everybody does it, but I believe in it. I think it's awesome. I think it's how you build a brand and build, you know, the, the, the die, the diehard portion of your audience. You know, I love getting on here and creating content for two hours a day. And, you know, we take all the the clips from this show, right? Take all the clips from this show and, and utilize them uh, throughout social media. So, Again, that, that is, you know, that's kind of where my head's at right now. That's, that's where my head's at. And again, I'll always, I'll always be a Gamecock, but I mean, you just think about from the business side of things, because I, you know, that's, that's why I win. And that's why TSUS has done well. That's why I win. I don't just love the Gamecocks. I love being an entrepreneur. I I do. I love it. I love the entrepreneurial journey. I, I love business. I love growing in business. And, uh, you know, because before, you know, TSUS wasn't just the one idea that I had. And, you know, I I just, I mean, it was something I thought was cool. But, you know, when I moved to Charlotte, I I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had other ideas. had other ideas had nothing to do with sports, right? But I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to work for myself, right? And be my own boss and control my life and control my time and, and not rent out my life anymore to a corporation or a boss or a business or what have you. I wanted to be the number one and be the lead in charge. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where, because there's a lot of people that start entities on social media and do different things, do shows, but like, do they have the business savvy and the business mind to turn it into something that, you know, is their full-time gig or becomes their life? Like, do they have that business savvy to make those moves necessary, AKA monetization? Because, Hey, guess what? A business without money is a hobby. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I believe from the jump that this was a business, and I saw it as such. um, You know, and I just saw us in the startup phases before we got, before we acquired monetization. And uh, it came very naturally for me asking for money from people and and pitching value. And, you know, we continue to do that. So, um, again, long story short, I I, I, growth is around the corner. Growth is happening every single day, but, that expansion and the rebranding, if you will. And I think, too, Travi, like, selfishly, I'll just say this. Selfishly, I'm a Gamecock, but I, I, th- you know, and it doesn't happen from the masses, but I keep things very blunt and very honest, right, Travy? And everybody else. I, I keep things very blunt, very honest. I speak my truth, right? And there's this misconception from, either the slap Slapdick community or from those who stumble upon my content who have never seen it, they say, oh, the Spurs Up show this many followers. He must be tied in or, even worse, represent the University of South Carolina. And while that's, you know, I'm humbled by that because that means we've reached a point to where people could look at us and they believe that, they believe that is that is true. Again, that's a great position to be in, but I don't, right? I'm completely separate from the University of South Carolina, and I'm happy to be that way. I'm happy to have creative freedom. I'm happy to have creative control. I, I don't want to be under, you know, under USC's thumb with the guise of, well, you get, you get access. You get access. What, what the hell's access? You, you get nothing. You get nothing while being controlled like a puppet. So I would actually enjoy rebranding to the Chris Phillips show. So then there's no confusion. He represents himself. He's creating content for entertainment, to be informative, all of the above. But he doesn't represent the University of South Carolina. He doesn't represent Georgia. He doesn't represent Tennessee. He doesn't represent LSU. He just represents himself. He's just a guy on the internet creating content, giving opinions, and and there's not some feeling of you know there's a lot of gamecocks out there for whatever reason they almost feel and it's so funny it's so funny there's gamecock fans out there that they feel as if I should be and I've talked about this a lot I should be saying something or you owe it to USC because you built your business because of them and that listen listen everything the athletes and the coaches have done great fantastic but the mindset that, well, they're the ones that that won these games, so you owe them this. No, I don't. no No, I don't. I'm running a business, my friend. I had to put myself and we had to put ourselves in position to create this merchandise and pounce on the opportunity, to monetize this business, to scale the way we have scaled. They didn't do that for me. They played some games. They won. They, they themselves sort of created the content, if you will, by the results of each, each individual contest. But they didn't create the content. They didn't create the merch. They didn't start from zero and grow. So miss me. Miss me. You know, I got, I got uh, he who shall not be named. I won't name this guy, but you probably know what I'm talking about. Trying to, trying to almost bully me into NIL. You should be giving back to the school that makes it possible for you to do what you do. You act as if USC has assisted me along the way. USC has gone out of their way to make it very clear and very evident they want nothing to do with me and would prefer that I did not exist. And so now you think that because we're popping and we're, and we're, we're successful, that so we should somehow, you know, pay it back? To, that is the most ludicrous shit I've ever heard. It is ludicrous. And it's bad business. Makes no sense. Anyways, guys, that'll do all for me. I appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. It is game day. First pitch coming up in two hours. Jeremy Wardell, how good is this baseball team right now? Really, really, really good. The Cox are hot. Uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Go Cox. Beat Winthrop. Beat Alabama. And we will talk to you all tomorrow. This
2: is the story of the one.